In a world where jobs are how most people make money. One man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manacero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manacero, and this is the show where 50-plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no-sales-pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, type in the words Old Dogs, spelled D-A-W-G-S, Find our podcast and subscribe. Well, we have a great show for you today. I'm really stoked about it. We have a, a gentleman who has a, a great background and has uh, just been crushing it in the commercial side of real estate development and investing and so forth. I'm talking about Adrian Panozo. And Adrian uh, completed 21 years as a police officer and was able to retire early as a result of his real estate investments. He is now a full-time real estate investor and entrepreneur of multiple companies. His professional portfolio built in less than a decade consists of 72 investment properties or the equivalent of 305 Investors Edge Construction Management, a full-service construction company that focuses on multifamily conversions and renovations. And he is also the founder of Executive Properties Capital, Inc., an investment company that raises capital through joint venture partnerships to purchase investment properties. His passion is helping others achieve generational wealth through his buy, renovate, and refinance strategy. He also hosts the podcast, More to Life, real estate investing podcast. Well, Adrian, welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Bill. Uh, quite an intro there. I'm somewhat humble and uh, kind of smiling here. But uh, yeah, it's been a pretty good run over the last decade, as you mentioned, um, with my real estate investing career. So yeah, it's a pleasure and honor to be on your show. Oh, great. Well, yeah, I'd just like to, you know, hear, I mean, your background sounds pretty interesting. You were a police officer for a number of years. Yeah, so I was uh, a police officer in the GTA of Canada. And um, something I always wanted to do as a little little boy um, ever since four years ago. 
So I lasted, uh, last is the wrong word, but I completed 21 years out of my initially anticipated 30. Wow, that that's amazing. That's a, a quite a career. And uh, did you, uh, you know, start investing in real estate while you were uh, still uh, working full time with uh, with the police department? I was. So the last, probably the last nine, ten years of my career, out of the twenty one, is when I bought my first uh, investment property. I was still working full time. Uh, obviously with the police, you know, uh, I had young, had a young daughter at the time, uh, married, you know, the, the house, the white picket fence, the dog, the cat, the children, so to speak, working full time. But yet uh, my, my mindset was back then <clears throat> I wanted to create some cash flow through the world of investments in real estate to ultimately when I retire, again, after I put in my 30 years of service, um, to live the same lifestyle, even though I would be on a pension. So essentially to you know, subsidize my income through cash flow was my mindset back then. And I thought I'd always be a police officer right till the, you know, right till I finished my 30 years of service and then, you know, retire. But I ended up retiring early um, and never completed a full 30 thanks to the decision that I once made about 10, 11 years ago now to buy that first investment property. So when you were, again, you're working full time um, in law enforcement, were, um, what kind of sparked your interest in real estate? Um, so my mortgage on my primary home was coming up for renewal. My wife and I, we only had the one property. Our mortgage was up for renewal. So we met with a mortgage broker who actually planted the seed for me. You know, we didn't have any money in the bank. And the only thing we really had, um, other than good jobs and our health, was um, we had equity in our home. So when we went to meet with this mortgage broker, he kind of brought it up to the forefront and said, hey, you know, your house is almost or uh, substantially paid for. You have a, a lot of equity there. It's gone up in value since we purchased it. You know, why don't we free up that equity? And he planted this seed and said, you know, you can start using that that equity in your home on a, on a home equity line of credit to purchase uh, an investment property. And that planted the seed. And I guess being a bit of a risk taker from my previous career in law enforcement and whatnot, that resonated with me. And um, that's exactly what we did. Uh, because again, you know, I'm thinking, okay, when I do retire one year, after I put in my 30 years of service, what's my lifestyle going to be like with a reduced income, be it that I'll be on a pension. Um, so this seemed like a very good avenue to take and somewhat of a safe avenue to take uh, investing in real estate. So that's kind of how the first uh, seed was planted and played out. And what was that uh, first property you invested in? It was a small little duplex close to my primary residence because, again, when you first start, you always think you have to buy your first one close to your house so you can drive by every day and you know, make sure the tenants are not destroying the property and make sure this and make sure that that was my mindset too. When I started, 
So it was a little duplex, uh, you know, one apartment, three bedroom upstairs and a two bedroom basement apartment. Uh, so two units. And I want to say back then I paid 310,000 Canadian dollars for that property. And I still have it actually in my portfolio. I still have that same property today. Wow. That's great. That's great. But it sounds like you definitely, um, you uh, sort of uh, kept moving up in that scope there. I mean, you definitely having uh, over what three hundred and some odd doors now. Um, that's a uh, that's quite a growth spurt uh, over a ten ten year period. That's amazing. Three hundred and fifty plus units. What happened? You know, with that duplex, did you start to see that you know made sense to? have two units as opposed to one and and uh did that sort of spark your interest in getting multiple units yes exactly um you know it was nice because even if when you have a multifamily home whether it's two units or you know a triplex or a fourplex and on and on um what was nice about it was you know even if one tenant moved out and that still left another tenant in there that could you know, pretty much cover the mortgage payments and whatnot. So you weren't, you know, I wasn't dipping into my pocket or my savings uh, to, to cover that off, as opposed to, you know, if you have a single family home and that tenant happens to leave at the worst time of the year, like, you know, around Christmas time, it's probably going to take you, you know, a couple months to, to, to fill that void. And then ultimately your, you know, you're going to have to carry that mortgage from your savings or whatnot. So that was attractive to me. And, you know, it also, the more units in my experience in, you know, the investment, be it a duplex or a triplex, um, cash flow was attractive to me too. And it's definitely more cash flow in a multifamily investment, in my opinion, than, you know, a single family residence. Right. Well, did you have a, a goal starting out like, well, I'm going to try to do so many units a year um, or are we just kind of seeing how it, how, it, you know, how it grew and, and sort of moved in, in whatever direction you might have moved, you know, just based on your, your current investments? Um, my goal, quite honestly, it, I, I never in my wildest dreams ever would have thought it would have went in this direction that it did because initially my goal was to have maybe two, max three properties. Again, just looking to raise a little bit of cash flow so I can essentially live the same lifestyle that I would have lived, you know, given not being on a pension, for example. So I wanted to create a little bit of cash flow to, to keep that same income, even though I would be on a pension was my mindset and you know it continued things really took off probably well I'd say four or five years into it we had bought we my wife and I had bought um, I want to say our third rental property now again uh, the third one was a fourplex so four apartments um, four apartment building and at that point in time based on our incomes and our debt service um what the banks qualify you at for lending and mortgages my wife and i had plateaued as far as okay we were at a max for leveraging mortgages 
is we had the three rentals now. And again, this was about four or five years in. We had the three rentals plus our primary residence. So we had four residential mortgages on the go. And at that point in time, the banks basically told us, okay, you know, you'll have to find alternative lending if you want to continue to invest because um, you're leveraged now to the max as far as your debt, your debt ratios. So it wasn't until then that we started to joint venture and partner with like-minded investors um, who wanted to invest in real estate uh, with us. So we started to joint venture with these people and um, we've now built a bit of a reputation, you know, four to five years in investing. We built up that reputation, contacts, um, I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, our power team that surrounded us. And we started to attract people to invest with us because they saw we had, you know, this, the results at the end of the day and people like that, you know, entrepreneurs or professionals that had young families or, you know, full-time job didn't really have the time to get involved in real estate investing. So we would take over that and partner with them. And essentially we would be boots on the ground, uh, uh, sort of speak. And that's when our, our portfolio scaled um, aggressively once we started to leverage other people, other people's money and uh, start to join venture and buy properties together. Did you do anything intentionally to attract investors? Originally, you know, and again, reminding you, I was still working full time at this, at this point, four or five years into it, I was still working full time as a police officer. So I was busy, but I, I'm, you know, with my personality, I, I love to be busy. I, I, I don't see it any other way. Um, but nevertheless, um, no, initially it was word of mouth that um, we had, you know, people to approach us. I was interviewed on uh, a podcast uh, years ago where people then heard, I guess, our, our my story and, you know, our, our, our results and stuff like that. So some people reached out as a result of, you know, hearing, a, hearing myself and my story on a podcast. Again, this is five, six years ago. So that's all we did uh, back then. Obviously, I, these investments enabled me to retire early. So in 2017, um, I was successful in uh, obviously building up enough of an income to financially be able to afford to leave my full-time job. So that's when I uh, put in my papers and retired from the police department. It wasn't until then in 2017 that we started to make it, obviously now being a full-time investor, we started to make it a full-time business. And now as a result of that, obviously we, we market ourselves through all platforms of social media, so on and so on. And, you know, scaled this to, to kind of the numbers you obviously you mentioned earlier. Um, and essentially a, a business is what it's turned into again, 11 years later from day one. 
Well, it looks like multiple businesses. I mean, you, you've got the businesses. property management company. You've got a construction company. Um, man, I mean, that's that's huge. Uh, it, it, it'd be one thing just to invest in the properties and acquire those, but uh, you uh, you really spread out. Did, did that happen after uh, 2017 I'm, uh, when you uh, went full-time? Yes, subsequent to 2017. And the mindset, we what we do with our investment properties is we're looking for, we, we're involved in a lot of construction because we're purchasing properties that are distressed. And for, for the audience and yourself, uh, we, we utilize the Burr strategy at a very high level and Burr buy, renovate, refinance, rent, and repeat. So we are involved in a lot of construction renovations, buying these distressed properties at um, a discounted price. And structurally, they're sound, but cosmetically, you know, they need a lot of updating. Grandma lived there or, you know, it's been a rental property for 20, 30 years and there's never been nothing done to it. So those are the kind of distressed properties we're looking for to really perform really nice renovations on and ultimately raise the value appreciation of that property, forcing the appreciation through the construction and renovations. And ultimately on the back end, so once the renovations are done, we then refinance that property. And we were able to uh, really, really perfect this strategy in our neck of the woods and um, essentially take this property now, renovate it, force that appreciation, and able to extract on the refinance all of the equity that we put into this property. So at the end of the day, we don't have any money left in this property, and yet it still produces cash flow for ourselves and our partners. Basically, you know, turning, turning that into an infinite return on investment um, at the end of the day. And not to get too involved in that, but um, obviously the last step of the process then, and our mindset was, okay, well, we're involved in these, this construction and all these projects, you know, rather than relying for some fly-by-night uh, contractor on Kijiji, to work on our homes, we decided to keep it in-house and um, hire staff and trades that work for us ex exclusively on our properties. To um, we didn't have to rely now on you know outside people and you know everybody has a bad story about a contractor, sort of speak. So that's why we did that. And then again, the very last step was okay. Now we have all these properties and all these units. Why should we outsource the property management and hire people who, you know, to them it's just a business, but they don't really care much about the properties. Obviously, the I own a share of all these properties, so it, would, it made the most sense to keep it in-house as well um, financially, but it more so peace of mind that there are properties and our company employees are taking care of them. So that's why we did the property management company. And yes, it all happened after 2017. Um, so essentially, you know, our mindset was to create a Costco effect where you don't have to go to seven grocery stores to buy what you want. Same with us. You can come in our front door for our partners that want to invest in real estate. You come in our front door, turning it into a full circle business right from the acquisition 
to the very, very end, as far as, you know, tenanting that property and servicing the property and locating good tenants and whatnot, it's all under, you know, one roof is essentially what we created. That's great. That's great. And uh, are all your properties in Canada? Yes. And uh, do you um, hold hold them for the long term or do you flip, you know, after a number of years, uh, the properties? No, we, uh, we're more of a long-term wealth, generational wealth uh, focused company now. Um, and my mindset, even when I first started and I bought my first property, um, you know, my mindset was always put the money in the real estate, let it sit, let it build and forget about it. And, you know, maybe 20 years down the road, come back and the property will, you know, tripled or quadrupled in value and you have massive wealth. So we don't really get involved in flips. Again, we're more of long-term hold, long-term wealth is, is our mindset. What's really interesting, too, is you mentioned that once you rehab and, and get it up to where you want it to be, you know, sort of its maximum level, um, then you, you, you pull all the equity out of it. Is that correct? And then you purchase other properties? Is, is that the, sort of your formula for uh, growth? Yes. So we like to call it a rinse and repeat cycle where, um, you know, capital goes into the acquisition and typically six to eight months after, you know, we close the property and we get the keys for the purchase six to eight months later, we're in a position to refinance and having an abundance of experience, obviously with over 350 units, and doing this for you know quite a few years um we're able to analyze the numbers very very well and it's it as an investor as you know it's all about the numbers and the rate of return so on and so forth so in analyzing those numbers we're able to see what the return would be you know for example if we buy this property for 500 and we put a hundred thousand in rentals what is the end of the rainbow going to look like? What is this property going to refinance for after the renovations eight months later? That's where it's super, super important to know your numbers. As we know our numbers really well, those ultimately, those acquisitions after the refinance, we're not leaving any money in on the deal. We're pulling all that capital out and rinse and repeat that capital to the next property, to the next property and, and carry on that process. That's how we've been able through obviously partnerships and rinse and repeating that capital growing to over 350 units, which again, like I said, when we started, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought um, that was even possible. Now, um, are you, you're still using a joint venture partners or have you sort of moved into syndication uh, or are you using outside uh, funding? Still using joint venture partnerships at a very high level. Pretty much everything we've done in the last um, oh, six years, you know, since we started a joint venture is all joint venture partnerships um, where again, every single property. So other than the very first four that my wife and I purchased on our own, the next uh, 68 properties are all in partnership. 
Wow. And and what is the the largest building that you have? We completed a joint venture purchase in two towards the end of 2021, a 45 unit apartment building uh, we purchased. That is the largest um, building we own in our portfolio now. We have several 12 unit buildings, six unit buildings, um, obviously an abundance of triplexes, fourplexes, duplexes, no single families and no condos. Um, all multifamilies ranging from a duplex all the way up to uh, 45 units. Interesting. Wow. That, uh, that sounds, like a, sounds like a great venture. Are, are you uh, considering possible development? I mean, you have this construction company, maybe ground up uh, uh, properties? That's the only thing, you know, on my bucket list I haven't taken part in yet, but I do have a, a divine interest in development. Um, it's kind of one of those things just to check off the box. I can say I've done, uh, but to date, no, we haven't had the opportunity, nor the time for that matter. <laughs> We've been really busy, but uh, we haven't had the opportunity to take part in, in a development project. N- never say never. It's definitely something on the radar that um, I would be interested in taking part in for sure. That's great. Well, you know, having gone through all of this, and uh, you really did, you know, start small and build and and grow from there. Um, what was sort of your biggest mistake? Something that you you uh, that occurred that you learned from that uh, um, has been, you know, an important part uh, part of your your growth in in uh, as an investor. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I made when I started was. Um, not stepping not stepping outside of my comfort zone um, and pulling the trigger on a couple. There was one deal in particular, and it's just back to the concept of stepping outside your comfort zone. But early, early on in my real estate career, there was a really um, uh, attractive acquisition. It was six units. Long story short, we we had an opportunity to buy this property off market, um, but it was so far di- dilapidated, um, I would have to have used a private lender, a hard money lender to do the deal. And back then I was, I was still a police officer, it was probably three years into my career of real estate investing, and it would have been an incredible buy, renovate, refinance project. The deal was brought to me, but I was scared and you know analysis paralysis whatever word you want to use i didn't do the deal and i was scared because it was i was going to have to borrow the money from a private lender you know at at a big interest rate back then i want to say it was probably seven percent eight percent i can't remember really what i what the borrowing percentage was but long story short i didn't do the deal and i remember the realtor i was working with at the time was pushing me to do it because he he was an investor himself and he believed in it and i uh i was scared so i i didn't take part and i didn't pull the trigger on it and the realtor himself said well if you don't buy it i'm gonna buy it and i thought he was joking i thought he was just saying that so you know i would you know buy it and, and he would get his commission well i didn't buy it and he bought it he actually went through and did the purchase and that purchase yielded him 
uh, an incredible, an incredible investment where um, they finished the renovations and he, able, he was able to refinance the property, pull all of the initial capital out, pay back the hard money lender, the whole loan, everything like that, and then qualify for a new mortgage from a bank and pull out an additional $250,000 of extra income because of the refinance, they hit it out of the park. Wow. The point of the story is, you know, when it, I consider that a big mistake because I could have had an additional, I essentially own that sixplex for free plus an additional $250,000 plus cash flow. And the only reason I didn't do it was because I was scared to step outside of my comfort zone. I'd never used a hard money lender before uh, for anything. And I thought, oh, if this goes sideways, if this, this, if this, that, you know, um, uh, the amount of interest I was paying on the money, so on and so forth. So I still remember that to today and still kind of stings inside thinking about how I lost out on that deal uh, for those reasons. Wow. Well, uh, on sort of the other side of the coin, what uh, what did you do that was uh, sort of your biggest success? My biggest success was the very first, um, the very, very, very first buy, renovate, refinance acquisition where I did an abundance of research and I heard about this Burr strategy and I did abundance of research on it. Um, again, my very first Burr, I was still a police officer, still a dad, still everything. And, you know, I managed to um, make the time to educate myself. And it was the best decision I made in my real estate career. That first Burr went so well that I was able to, you know, finish the refinance and the construction and the refinance and pull out all of my money plus an additional 25000 And back then, that was obviously my first Burr. You know, it was the best time I spent educating myself and executing because that decision changed my life. And that decision made me move forward, perfecting the Burr strategy, attracting an enormous amount of people to partner with me and buy real estate together, which ultimately changed my life, allowed me to retire early, gave me financial freedom, uh, gave me the term or live by the term. And I do, um, you know, basically living life on my terms and no one dictating when I have to get up, when I have to go to bed. Do I feel like working tomorrow? Although, as you can tell, I'm extremely busy, but I like to work. But living life on my terms, that decision changed my life. Wow, that's great. That's great. Well, you know, a lot of the folks listening here are people that are approaching retirement or already in retirement. And um, so they're people that have been around probably 50 years plus in age. Um, what advice would you have for those folks that are looking at real estate investing as a means to sort of help them through their retirement years? I would, the advice I would give them is you can't do enough research, but one, sooner or later, no matter how much research you, you have, you still have to pull the trigger and, you know, you, you have to step outside your comfort zone 
And in my opinion, in my advice, real estate is one of the safest and best investments out there. Because at the end of the day, even if you have that investment and the market changes, we all know real estate goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. Ride the wave. I am best advice I can give him is invest in multifamily homes because even if interest rates go up a little bit, you have cash flow as a cushion to be a buffer if rates go up. Um, you have that extra cash flow that'll cover that that change and you won't have to dip into your savings. And my last advice is surround yourself with the right power team. Surround yourself with the right people that could help you. You know, for example, a quick example would be surround yourself with an agent that specializes in investment properties, as opposed to an agent that just will sell anything to anybody just to make their commission and have no clue about investment properties in the investment world. Surround yourself with the right people that specialize in what you're getting into. That would be my advice to them. And pull the trigger. At the end of the day, get off the fence, pull the trigger. It's a very, very safe, you know, tool to grow your money for yourselves or your children. For me, it's the, the safest thing out there, in my opinion, but I'm sure others will disagree, but that's just my opinion. Oh, well, I'm in agreement with you. I'll say. <laughs> um, um, now, you know, it's looking back, you, when you first started, you're, you know, working full time, looking for a little extra income, um, you know, some investing, uh, well, you've definitely gone beyond that and multiple businesses and, uh, just, just moving like gangbusters here. Well, what, what excites you about the future and, and your future goals for your companies? My future, you know, I'm 48 years old. I hope to be on a beach down south in the Caribbean, you know, a snowbird per se, um, within the next two years. Um, I have one daughter, she's 21 years old, who has uh, just graduated from university and has come on board to learn the business. So what excites me about the future is to um, pass, pass everything we've done to our daughter, who now is super, super eager to learn and wants to learn and grow, to pass it on to her um, and see her potentially double, you know, what we've built in a decade, see her double the business, grow the business, expand the businesses, so on and so forth. And um, obviously be there as guidance and mentorship for her um, long term as God allows me to stay on this earth. Um, but that, that, that really excites me uh, to, one, reap the rewards of the last 11 years of crazy, crazy hard work. And I know the rewards are around the corner, so to speak. And then ultimately my daughter, just for her to um, take over and, and, and grow this even more than we have. Oh, that's exciting. That's, I think, uh, that's a lot of investors dream, you know, that, uh, you know, the kids, uh, that you have and, and your family, you know, won't just liquidate all your properties and you know take the cash and run, you know, but, uh, that they'll 
understand the value of maintaining those properties and growing them um, as an ongoing source of income for the rest of their lives and and for their kids you know so that's really exciting stuff that's really great Wow. Well, Adrian, uh, we uh, are kind of moving to sort of the end of our, our interview here. And uh, we have a segment we call Wrap It Up, where I ask you a series of quick questions about resources that you have. And hopefully, I don't know, you can spark uh, those listening to maybe explore uh, some of those resources for themselves. So if you're ready, uh, we can go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Favorite real estate book? Uh, Grant Cardone, Be Obsessed or Be Average. Good one. Uh, favorite business book, just general business book. Um, business book. I read a lot about, I, I don't know the author and I apologize. Uh, I read a lot about uh, Burr strategy and real estate investing Burr strategy. Anything with the word Burr, the acronym Burr in it, B-R-R-R, um, Again, we already said what the acronym is about, and I apologize, I I don't know the, the author, but there's a couple really, really good ones out there. And it's a book, it's a strategy, again, that can completely change your life. Oh yeah, excellent. Yeah, there is a, a good uh, book by uh, David uh, Green, who has been a guest on this show, and uh, um, it's uh, published by Bigger Pockets, but uh, it's all specifically on there, so I can throw that in there too. Um, what what uh, sort of the uh, most valuable website that you use for success on a pretty regular basis for your real estate business? I look looking at the Rain R E I N uh, real estate investing website. They're a very high level um, community in the real estate world. Um, R E I N real estate investing uh, network website. Oh wow! I haven't heard of that one. It's a new one for me. Um, how about a favorite app that you use? A favorite app? Um, I have a mortgage calculator on my phone <laughs> that I'm always on. And it's no, it's nothing special. It's just, uh, I want to say it's the Scotiabank mortgage calculator that I'm always on factoring in uh, what a mortgage will be if we buy this property, so on and so forth. Oh, that's great. That's a those are good good things to have on your phone, especially if you're in a multifamily. That's great. Um, do you have a favorite quote? Be excited to fail. Ooh, I like that. I actually like that very much because I I consider failure or mistakes that we make as actually blessings you know that we uh we learn it's like an advanced education <laughs> like taking an ap class you know for honor students you know um i think uh i think that's a great quote um do you know where that came from or did you uh my business coach uh, <laughs> i love yeah, it my business coach uh one of our very first uh interactions uh told me that and um, it's always, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about that, but it's always in my mind, especially when I get nervous about, ooh, should we do this deal? Or I don't know, this one's a little this or a little that. Um, you know, I, it, it, resonate, it resonates with me so well. Be excited to fail. Our final question is, um, if you lost everything, all of your assets, and you had to start over, knowing what you already know, 
and all you have is just $1,000 in cash, what would you do with that $1,000 to relaunch your real estate investing business? I would give that $1,000 uh, to start a credit card. Now, granted, I'm gonna assume I still have good credit because this example will only work if I have good credit, but I'd put that $1,000 on a credit card and I, I'm assuming I'd have these, still have decent credit and I would use that credit card as a down payment to purchase real estate in some way or somehow or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Get a cash advance on that. After I put my $1,000 on that credit card, I'd get a cash advance and I'd use up that credit card, take that money and convince somebody to join venture with me in real estate. And I would give them that contribution and I would totally handle the project based on all my experience, but convince somebody, even though I didn't have a lot of money to join venture with, I have an abundance of knowledge and I would put that towards the property. That's great. Great idea. Wow. Well, this has uh, been a great, great interview. Really appreciate it, Adrian. Um, some good, good stuff there. I'm sh sure there's folks that are listening that would uh, you. You know, like to find out more about you and what you do. Uh, maybe even want to get involved in some of your projects or something. Uh, what's the best way for folks to reach you? Yeah, shoot me an email. Um, my email address is adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N, at investwithepc.com is my email address. Um, I'm all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, I've just put in my name, Adrian. My last name is spelt P as in Peter, A. Double N O double Z O. Uh, you can definitely find me, um, email me, shoot me a message over uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever the case may be. And yeah, we can definitely have a, uh, a digital coffee. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds great. Um, but before you go, we have a tradition here at the Old Dogs REI Network. I emphasize the word dogs here because this is where you get to close us out with your best old hound dog howl. So uh, I know they've got hound dogs up in Canada. They've got it, right? You know, a lot of hunting going on up there. <laughs> All right, here goes nothing. All right, that was a good one. Man, that resonated. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on, Adrian. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bill, for having me on. It's been great. And uh, yeah, best of luck to everybody out there. And if you, if you have any remote inclination to invest in real estate, just do it. I'm telling you, do it. It changed my life. And I came from, you know, an average, uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong and just an average blue collar worker um, that took a chance at the end of the day, took a chance and it, it completely, completely changed my life. Well, I want to second what Adrian says big time. 
It's taking that first step that's big. And I want to thank all of you out there who listened today and uh, for joining us. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot, and we really appreciate it. Now, please note everything that Adrian talked about today is going to be outlined in detail in our show notes at the Old Dogs website at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode uh, with uh, Adrian Penozo. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.